0: burns and gambo
1: afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader tim rings in for gambo here on the burns and gambo show and Kyler murray sounds like Kyler murray is going to be back when asked today if he feels like he's going to be out there sunday against the chargers i do
2: i do i feel good um yeah Cliff doubled down. Yeah, we'll, we'll run test him, and he, he looked good today. So um, I'm feeling good about the chances. I think uh, if we didn't let him, we may have a fist fight in my office at this point. So um, I feel like he's definitely training in the right direction. The organization's
1: been through enough. No fist fighting, please. Let's yeah. just have him play quarterback. <laughs> um, no, kidding aside, it's it. look, it it's funny. You pointed this out earlier in the show. This time a week ago, a little less than a week ago, there was that report over the weekend that Kyler maybe would be out until after the bye week. You know, like like I think it was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN who said, Hey, it might be bad enough that he's going to have to sit against the Chargers, then the bye week, then come back against the Patriots on December 12th. And I I don't know if it was how they played against San Francisco, I don't know if it was the state of the team, the state of the organization, the state of everybody's mindset right now with what's obviously been a very chaotic and disappointing time, you know, within the organization. But that report doesn't sound like it was accurate because it sounds like Kyler Murray understands or has been made to understand Mm -hmm. it is time to play. It is time to get out there and do it, whatever it is.
0: And I would say there's a good chance maybe that report was accurate. And then the Forty Nine er game happened, and then a lot of other things happened, and it's time now to all guns a blazing. Yep.
1: Kyler, Kyler, get on the field, get on and, the field, and not even Kyler. Hopefully, not even him being I, I'm told to. Get I'm on sure the, he wants to. Kyler, like I got to get on the field. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I, well, okay, enough of this. I, enough of this messing around. I got to get out there, I, and I hope that's the I case. Hope I so hope. Too. I
0: hope. I get it. Kyler Murray's a running quarterback. Who uses his legs? And if he's not a hundred percent, do you want to risk that? A risk a tear that requires surgery, and he's down for the whole year. And we won a game against the Rams, and Colt does some good things. We can maybe buy Kyler another week against the Chargers, and then he gets another week because of the bye week. We bring him back, and then he gets an extra day because we're playing Monday Night Football against the Patriots next time we play. Like we have it, we have an opportunity here to get that hamstring. 100% for the final five games of the season. But then the 49er game happened. Yeah. And Colt McCoy and that offense was essentially shut down. And I think there's a lot going on with this organization now where the leaders have to step up. And much like Buddha did against that Rams team that he had that high ankle sprain and he he gutted it out. Yeah, and he,
1: two to three weeks and he was out there was two out to three there. days later.
0: Yeah. I think Kyler Murray needs to show the locker room and the organization himself, his coaching staff, his owner, that he's a leader of men and he's going to be out there. Yeah. And even if I'm not 100%, I'm going to be out there.
1: I do wonder, too, not... And I don't know the answer to this. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. There was a lot of reaction nationally, not only to the game and to some of the comments made during the game, but also to the comments made during the pregame show. Oh, yeah. You know, the Steve Young, RG3 conversation. Larry. Larry. You know, and and Larry's part in that was really interesting because he... You could tell he didn't really want to talk about Kyler. He really wanted to talk about Colt, but by talking about Colt in a way you were still talking about Kyler right with the praise that was being heaped upon Colt, it wasn't hard to watch that and wonder what was being said by not being said right Well, yeah, Steve Young was very vocal about Kyler specifically,
0: yes, the other guys when talking about Colt McCoy and even when Steve Young talked about Colt McCoy. I'm sorry. That that was that the, the implications to me of all those comments were this is what the Cardinals organization appreciates about Colt because we don't think Kyler does enough of these things that Colt does. And that is why we played well last week and we love the fact that Colt McCoy is our backup quarterback and he's got the opportunity to play. It was almost like it, the the praise of McCoy was coming out as underhanded criticism of Kyler Murray. And this is what I talked about earlier, Burns. I don't know if you agree or not, but a guy like Steve Young, yeah, he can watch film and he can assess X's and O's, what a quarterback does well or does not do well. But when Steve Young starts talking about how a quarterback handles himself off the field, at the facility, what the locker room thinks about him, how he is as a leader... I'm sorry, he doesn't know that from watching film. He knows that from talking to people. So that was a narrative presumably spun by the Cardinals organization. I agree. Uh, I I just think that... So when you hear him say that, it's like, is that how the Cardinals feel about Kyler Murray? I
1: agree with that, that that I'm sure... Some of what he said was based off of conversations that he might have had with the Cardinals. But I do also think a guy like Steve Young can watch quarterback play and assess when a quarterback knows what he's doing or doesn't know what he's doing. When a quarterback is at the top of his game Which or not to his film at the, study. Yeah, i yeah. okay, you know I'll uh, buy that. that. So, will so like, buy that. So he can watch it and, and say, theoretically, I'm watching tape of a league that has adjusted to Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray has not adjusted back. I'm watching tape of a league that has figured out Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray needs to go back to school, go back to, to making himself a better quarterback and not thinking he has all the answers because the league has figured him out. And now it's up to him. And you know what I'm saying? So I, I agree that I'm sure part of what Steve Young had to say was in part you know, stuff that you got from sources or people within the organization or things. But I also think there is some of that he can glean from watching tape of a football game and say, I'm watching a quarterback who needs to do a little more work than what he's doing. Honestly, maybe a combination of everything. Yeah.
0: Watching film, talking to people. Kyler's got a former teammate sitting right next to Steve Young on that set. So while Larry might not want to say some things himself, pre show meeting, you feed. RG three and Steve Young, some stuff. Yeah, I don't know about maybe some of the problems with Kyler Murray, and those guys
1: can say it. I don't know, but I I do wonder how we went from he might not be back until the bye to oh yeah he's ready to go against the Chargers. I'm not saying it was because of that four and a half minute segment on ESPN. There's a lot going on with his organization right now that demands their franchise quarterback be out there if he's able to play. But that was many national observers. On social media, who, who cover the league? Not just fans, but I mean people who are paid to do it. Thought that was a very pointed segment during that pregame show. Like, very. Whoa, wasn't expecting something that strong from the pregame show. If the
0: Cardinals beat the Forty Nine ers thirty four fourteen on Monday night, would Kyler Murray be back on the field against the Chargers? I tend to think the answer is no. Me too. I tend to think, and, the and that's so. okay because you want that hamstring to heal, but it's at the point now where. All hands on deck, man. Yeah. Like This is it. Like They're not, not going they're they're to make, make, the no, not gonna yeah. make the playoffs. It's not all
1: hands on deck because you've got a season to save. There's, you're you know, not saving the season. No, it's all you,
0: hands on deck because you owe it to your locker room, you owe it to the fan base, the paying public, and you owe it to yourselves. To go out there, you're, this, they're not going to the playoffs. They're going down. But the question is, are you going to go down kicking and screaming? Battling? Are you going to go down in the training room? Yeah.
1: When we come back, turns out a well respected and Super Bowl champion winning head coach might, maybe, could be interested in the job here. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
2: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on
1: Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. There was a report, casually... Linking Sean Payton to the Arizona Cardinals and for a brief period this morning on social media as it's want to do. Got a little nuts there for a little bit. Man, people were so excited. The report itself, it was a very casual connection. Like it wasn't, you know, nobody had sources. Nobody was reporting that anything is going to happen or that it's imminent. It was very casually written. And I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm just trying to put it in its proper perspective. But... Even the mere wisp of an idea that Sean Payton might be interested in a potential Arizona opening, which we won't even know if it's open or not. I mean we have, we're just hypothetically we have no idea what they're gonna do with that. There's just plenty of speculation about Cliff's future. Even the mere wisp of a mention about it. Man, people got awfully excited about the idea of Sean Payton being the head coach of the Cardinals if it were to come to something like that. Well
0: let's call it let's call it like it is on the Twitter streets. This is the first Official, real media report linking Sean Payton to the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. And as flimsy as it may be, because the Chargers were thrown in there as well, Yep, and it was just pretty much Sean Payton would have interest in these two teams, that's going to move the meter. Sure. That's going to move the meter amongst Cardinal fans. Yeah. And that's... That's why it deserves to be discussed right here it on does. these airwaves. It does. And and, and, and the repo- go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, because if Cardinals fans care about it, then it, it needs to be talked about. Because this is a guy that many believe can come in and, and get a franchise turned around in the right direction and start winning football games.
1: Dan Graziani and and Jeremy Fowler were talking about potential job openings, and of course they mentioned Indy and Carolina are open. People are watching Denver. Arizona, they write, is on the list. Um, They're they're talking about Brandon Staley with the Chargers if they don't make the playoffs. The the fact that Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury would be on this list shouldn't surprise anybody or would be part of the speculation shouldn't be surprised anybody. It's it's been a very disappointing year. Contract extension or not for Cliff, it's been a very disappointing year. The line that's specifically links Sean Payton to the cards, comes from Dan Graziano, who talked about Sean Payton and and how everyone's going to talk about him. He writes that a a lot of people are connecting him with a potential Chargers opening because of Justin Herbert. And then he writes, if not there, I've been told to watch Arizona as a potential Payton destination, again assuming there's an opening there. And that's all he wrote. But but the... the It's easy to figure out why, based off of the rationale of the writing. Sean Payton's an offensive guy. Sean Payton's going to have his pick of the litter. Sean Payton, whatever job as an opening this offseason, they're going to want Sean Payton. He can be very choosy about where he goes, and I would imagine he would choose to go to a place that has a quarterback versus one that does not have a quarterback. Carolina, you're not getting Sean Payton. You know, like there, there, are, there are teams around this league that are going to have openings where Sean Payton would go, yeah, no thanks. But teams that have quarterbacks that he goes, yeah, I could work with that guy. I would think those teams would move to the top of his list. The only
0: addendum on that I will throw in, though, is that sometimes money talks. And if David Tepper down there in Carolina. there, OK, even though they have no yeah. quarterback, you say, Sean, you're the GM, you're the head coach. We're going to give you a pick a number for for discussion' sake fifteen million dollars a year. You can do both jobs, complete autonomy in Carolina. We'll throw in any of the other perks you want: country club membership, cars for you and your family. I mean, whatever. Yeah, money talks. Yes, it does. From a football standpoint, sure, I would think that Justin Herbert and the Chargers would be attractive. I'd also think Kyler Murray and the Cardinals would be attractive. I would agree. You like Kyler Murray coming out of college? He's one with an undersized quarterback and Drew Brees. I don't think that scares him. Here's the thing that you gotta look at. And I was thinking about this the other day, right? NFL coaches that are guaranteed winners, they're not growing on trees. Oh no. And the ones that the ones that are guaranteed usually already have jobs. So it's very rare that a guy like Sean is just kind of hanging around out there uh-huh. as a free agent. If you're Mike and you know that, and if you don't make a move, Peyton's going to end up with the Chargers or the Panthers, and that ship will have sailed. Maybe when you are ready to make a coaching change. So does that, does the fact that Sean, if, if you, through your, back, through your back channel conversations, if you are made aware that Sean Payton is interested in taking this job, but it's got to be now. Otherwise, he's going to take a different job. Mm-hmm. Does that expedite the process? Does that change your your thinking? If you're an owner, like okay, I, do I bring him back for another year? But listen, if I if I make a move now, I get Sean Payton. Yeah. So even though I, even though I got to eat that contract, the fact that Payton's
1: available now. I'm going to make the move. And that's something else that has to be considered here, too. And again, we're talking purely hypothetically here because Cliff Kingsbury is the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He just signed an extension 10 months ago. Steve Keim is the general manager of the Cardinals. He just signed an extension 10 months ago. Presumably, Sean Payton would come in here and, and assume much of both of those duties. It'll be a very expensive thing to hire Sean Payton to be your coach. I mean, if we're just talking hypothetically here, expensive because of the buyout. Yes, yes. Expensive because of the salary. Expensive because he's still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. You are going to have to give up draft compensation to New Orleans to get him. Now, mm-hmm. how much that costs you? I don't know, but any team that's going to hire Sean Payton, but in particular the Cardinals, given the extensions that they just handed out or at the very least the extension they just handed out handed out to Cliff Kingsbury ten months ago, it ain't going to come cheap, both in terms of draft picks and money and all of that stuff it's it's if you're but you're right. I think back I was listening to you talk and I was thinking back to before they hired Bruce. When they let Ken Wisenhunt go. And I'll never forget, it was on New Year's Eve when they made that announcement. And I was doing the midday show here, and I drove down to anchor our coverage of the press conference live. Okay. And Michael did the presser. And without being asked, he mentioned Andy Reid. And you just, you could, that name in that room was just like, did he just say Andy Reid? It was one of those. Yeah. And then they asked me later, Doug and Wolfer on the air, and they're like, what was your number one takeaway from the press conference? that he mentioned Andy Reid. You know, I, there there are certain guys in this league that carry that kind of that kind of oomph with them. Sean Payton is one of those guys. They don't come around very often. And you're right. If he's interested in you, you almost kind of like the Kevin Durant thing over the summer. He's interested in the Suns. You have to be interested in him. You better reciprocate that, right? You you're you're foolish if you're not, right? And that's kind of what
0: I'm thinking here. Like this changes the game a little bit, or. Or it Potentially should. Potentially it could. If Potentially it could. Because it's not like you're hiring, it's not like you're making a move off of Cliff Kingsbury and then you're like, okay, crap. You know, let's take a shot on another Ben McAdoo or, you know, one of countless NFL coaches that have gotten opportunities and failed. You got the sure thing right there. Yeah. So it's just another dynamic to a potential story if it unfolds. And unless things get turned around real quick here, we're back, not making no predictions, but I can say this. If this doesn't get better and this continues to unravel, Mike Bidwell will have a decision to make. I think we can all agree on that. I, right? We can we, yes. can. we can certainly leave it at that. Yes. Because the days of guaranteed no way those guys are coming back no matter what. That ship is sailed.
1: There will be a decision to There make. will be a decision I think we to can make. Agree on that. We when can we, all settle on that. When we come back, James Jones was on with us earlier today. He gave an update on Chris Paul. He shared his thoughts on Patrick Beverly. You're going to want to hear both next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
2: Burns and Gambo,
1: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, earlier today we had Suns General Manager James Jones on the show, an update on Chris Paul, an update on Landry Shamit his thoughts on Patrick Beverly and what happened last night in the win against the Lakers. If you missed our conversation, this is Suns GM James Jones from earlier. Congratulations on the win last night. Given kind of all the different things you guys organizationally have had to deal with all offseason and into the season with the injuries and the Jay Crowder situation, what level of gratification is there that you wake up this morning? And I know it's early and there's a lot of season to go, but to find yourself in first place in the West with everything you've had to deal with, what what level of gratification do you have over that, James?
2: I mean, we're, we're always thankful that we get a chance to play this game, and, and more importantly, um, that we get a chance to see you know, the fruits of our labor and and, and our focus on just competing and being present. I mean, I think given what we've had, the injuries, um, the ups and downs, the multiple rotations, uh, the tough one-point losses on the road and the highs of winning at home, uh, I think it's a testament to this group and Monty's leadership. You know, we just come in every day thankful for the opportunity to play and and appreciating that, you know, if we put in the work, we'll have the result. You know, James, that win last night,
0: 115-105, eighth in a row, overall over the Lakers, including three playoff wins, five in a row, regular season wins. Always good uh, to beat those guys to get to 11-6 and six on the year. By the way, you're 9-1 and one at home. I know you know that, but I'm just telling the, telling the people out there. I want to ask you, uh, Cam Johnson and Chris Paul, James, obviously you'd rather have those guys on the court, but if there's a silver lining to all this, guys are not only getting more playing time, but their roles are expanding and they're growing in those roles. I mean, Torrey Craig becoming a little better outside shooter, contributing that way, campaign, picking up the scoring slack. I thought Dwayne Washington was phenomenal coming off the bench in that fourth quarter last night, scoring 15 in the game. So, even though you'd rather have your guys, the fact that these guys are getting minutes and expanding roles can probably only help you more in May.
2: I mean, I I believe it will. Um, You know, losing Cam and, and Chris and Landry um it 's hard you know that's that dead that goes without saying um, it 's even harder to win without them and, and and so you get an opportunity to see these guys compete under some tough circumstances. I think we've been leaning on devin heavily we 've been asking Mikel to play forty minutes both both ends of the court uh, we 've asked campaign and Tory Craig to to step right back into where they were a year and a half ago and and they 've responded and I think uh for this group, given everything we 've been through um the the pressure um the noise, the distractions, uh, they're starting to not affect us, and they're starting to, like, focus us more towards doing the things we need to do and competing um, because, you know, that's that's the only thing we can control. We can control how we respond to these adverse situations, and we've done a great job so far.
1: James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show with Tim Ring filling in. That said, I saw a couple of uh, posts on social media. How close is Chris? How close is Landry? It looks like they were able to get some work done at practice today
2: yeah I mean, they were at practice. They haven't practiced. You know, I think just we play every other day. um but it's 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 trending in the right direction. Um, I don't know when they'll be back. I still don't expect those guys uh, to know um in the coming days. Um, but but they're progressing in the right direction. Hopefully, if we can get them back this weekend, that'd be great. um if not, uh, just for for the sake of certainty, we're going to keep those guys out and let the guys know that are in the rotation um, that they just have to hold it down a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, James, it'd obviously, be great to get those guys back. Since we're talking injuries, I did want to ask you about Cam Johnson. Ed, I want to ask it through this prism when, when he first went out and had the procedure done. It was he was going to be out one to two months, and obviously, that's a that's a big difference when you talk about the amount of games you would miss. Now that it's been a few weeks, is there any more clarity on Cam Johnson's return? Is it going to be closer to a month, closer to two months? Is there anything you can tell Suns fans at this point about Cam?
2: No, I mean outside it's been like fourteen, fifteen days. Um, he's 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 feeling good. Uh we're still too close to um initial surgery to know. I mean, you really won't know whether or not you're talking four, six, eight weeks until you're somewhere about five to six weeks into it. I got you. um I mean like because you just the body needs a chance to heal and then you need to see how it responds. And and initially the excitement and drilling of getting back on the court um, you know, guys feel great, uh, but you give them two or three days and they're really, really soaring you back off. So we're going to be, be cautious with him. He'll want to be aggressive, but we still have a long-term view. You know, we're, we're fortunate that he'll be back with us this year. And the most important thing is making sure that he's he's primed and ready to go when the playoffs start.
1: When a situation like last night happens with Patrick Beverly, do you or does somebody in the organization, for lack of a better way of describing it, call the NBA to kind of plead your case about what Pat Bev has has done in the past what he did last night in the hopes that there'll be some sort of tougher punishment
2: for him? Or do you let the league office handle that, James? No, I mean, look, you know, you can call and please your case. Everyone knows what it is. I mean, it's a sucker move. It's a sucker punch. Um, It's been, he's done it multiple times before. If they, if the league hasn't taken a stance on it now, if they haven't come down on it, um, evidently it's not that big of a deal. You know, for us, um, to us, it's just a sign is of of you know lack of focus and, and it's it's a target he's targeting and trying to be a distraction. Um, you know we know uh, the only way to to take us off our game is to try to do things outside of the game. and We're pretty good between those lines. We're really really good when you keep it within the game. Uh, so I tell our guys to just play at a higher standard. Um, understand that um, by any means necessary, your opponent will try to attack you. Um, it's just unfortunate that. You know the game of basketball. Um, the, the world's best players uh, can't play the game. They have to play another type of game, which is you know we're not. Listen, we're not we're not fighters. We're not football players. You know we're out there um, trying to, to to play in space. Um, so you know they'll they'll get to it, but ultimately our guys are unfazed. But we have opponents on Friday and Saturday that we're focused on trying to beat, and uh, we'll worry about you know. What what comes next? But we're we're not concerned about what the league with us with Pat Devlin.
1: Is it tough for your guys to be unfazed in the midst of that? Given that it keeps happening over and over again?
2: No, I mean it, you just think about it. Like you're you're going to have to deal with tough things. Um, certain certain teams, certain players present certain challenges. You know, some of our challenges will be within the lines, so they'll be within the, the confines of elevating your game. Other ones will be you know testing your mental fortitude. and and realizing that, you know, no one wins a game of, you know, stupidity, as I call it.
0: Yeah. You know, James, on a happier note, the scoring and shooting of Mikel Bridges, uh, not only last night, look, I, I, I was saying the other day to somebody with with Paul and Johnson being out, you know, Mikel's got to go from a guy who can score to maybe more of a scorer and have that mentality. And He hasn't been perfect in that regard every night, but boy, when he's been on, the, the three-point shot, the aggressiveness, being able to take it to the basket, which he's always been able to do, the mid-range Jumper. I mean, that when Mikkel Bridges is on, uh, he's really he's really a dangerous scorer. From your perspective, where is he at offensively, especially during this seven game stretch without
2: Chris? I mean, he's been playing phenomenal basketball. I mean, I still think that he's he's scratching the surface. Um, I think he's still searching to figure out exactly what his offensive game is um, because he is he is such a utility knife for us. Man, he can score in transition. He can score off the bounce. He can score. You know, in the mid-range, he can shoot three. three. Uh, he just has so many tools, and, and he really hasn't defined one of them yet, uh, which makes him, him difficult uh, to, to, to game plan for. But he's he's, he's put in the work, and, and he, he's a really good player, a well-rounded player. And I think when he came into the NBA, um, you know, people forgot that he was a 20-point scorer at Villanova, that he was a kid that worked his way from just being a defensive specialist to you know a primary op- uh, option on offense. And so what we're constantly trying to do is remind him of who he is and who he can be, and I think he's been showing people. Uh, he's starting to remember that.
1: James Jones, our guest here on the Burns & Gamble Show. It seems like every week, James, we're asking you about somebody off of your bench who has done something that has kind of revealed himself to be a find by you. And after last night's game, i, I got to ask you about Dwayne Washington and, and the role that he's evolved into, the, the, the run that he's got during these injuries. What has he shown you and, and where are kind of areas for him to grow moving forward?
2: I mean, where well, he's fearless. I mean, I think offensively, in order to be a good offensive player, um, in this league, you have to be fearless, uh, and you have to be, you have to be ready for the moment. He's taking difficult shots. He's making difficult shots. You know, he's taking the shots that if you're a fan of basketball and you look at a team hierarchy, you're like, okay, Dwayne, you get it. You should swing it to Devin. He's like, no, I'm open. I'm taking it. And that's refreshing, uh, because, you know, that just means that he has that belief. Um, but as far as his growth, I think as long as he continues to understand how we play, Playing point five, you may make the right reads and have a command of the full of our offense. I mean, you don't have to run plays. He's not Chris Paul. He's not campaign. Uh, but as long as he can get to his spots and, and make the right decision of when to shoot and where to pass, um, he, he he's, he's so gifted um, offensively that um, he'll 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 be a boost for us whenever he plays.
1: That was James Jones from earlier today here on the Arizona Sports Line. You can come celebrate the biggest FIFA watch party in town with Hastreya Jalisco and. Special guest, Gerardo Torrado as the Mexican national team takes on Argentina in front of the big screens with live music and giveaways. It's all on November 26th at Sportsman Park. Text the word soccer to 62620 for complete details. One thing we won't get to react to this week will air tonight. What are we expecting to see in episode three? Of Hard Knocks featuring the Arizona Cardinals in season. That's next. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? What's on tonight? Games that we're going to watch tonight. There's one involving a local team and that is the Coyotes. End of one. They're beating the Hurricanes 1-0 as their never-ending road trip continues. They're going to be on the road until... February 15th. No, (laughs) December 9th technically is their next home game, but it's that's even that that's still a long ways away, man. It's November 23rd. Man, oh, man. They don't have a home game until December 9th. Goodness gracious. Tell the people about your Wildcats in Maui. (laughs) My (laughs) Wildcats. It is true. After um, college, the first house my wife and I ever bought. I did used to fly a Wildcat flag from the house. I mean, like, I was really into them back in my early 20s. Really, really. I went to—the year and a half I spent at U of A was, like, right in the middle of loot mania. And so, yeah, that team— Did you go to college with Kerr and Elliot? They were a little young. They were a little older than me. A little older than me. So you. I was the okay. Chris Mills, Sean Rooks, Matt Mulebach, Matt Othick— um, Bison Delay, uh, Brian Williams, aka Bison <laughs> Delay. That was my that was my era. But they, of won, the they won the Maui Classic. They won the Maui Classic today. Uh, they beat tenth ranked Creighton. Creighton. They beat seventeenth ranked San Diego State. Tommy Lloyd, man. That dude. I can't believe there was anybody who was questioning whether that was a a great great hire. hire. (laughs) What a great hire that was for them. Oh, he's never coached before. He's been nothing but an assistant. Who cares? That program that he came from had been on top of the college basketball world, albeit without a championship, for 15 years. The guy obviously knows a thing or two about how college basketball operates in 2022. He's... Got him rolling early season already. Yeah. He's got him rolling. And the uh, other local story:
0: uh, the Atlanta Falcons just promote Frank Darby off yeah, their practice squad. Look at that former Sun Devil, right? Ayuk, Darby, Jaden Daniels. <laughs> is is on Daniels. Jaden
1: Daniels is on the uh, precipice of the playoff. Perhaps. Perhaps. Can you imagine if they upset Georgia in the SEC they, championship they and Jaden they Daniels in. takes them to the college, <laughs> the college football playoffs? This, <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I mean what I mean like it, it wasn't bad enough watching the final four last year with Kansas and Remy Martin. Yeah, Remy Martin and Kansas in the final four and then follow it up with Jaden Daniels Ellen with the, the final th-
0: four. Here's the thing Can you about that? that. Arizona State fans knew Remy was good at the end of Jaden Daniels' years Oh Jaden Daniels sucks. I'm glad he's leaving. He can't throw. All he does is run. And now he's a win away from yeah. making the. or two wins away from making I the. I could college be wrong. Football. I could
1: be totally misreading the putt here. I got the sense that some ASU fans were rooting for for Remy um, because he was a quote unquote good Sun Devil. I don't get the impression that many people are rooting for Jaden Daniels among the Sun Devil fan base. Uh, Not with what happened with his mom and the program and the investigation. I don't think there's a lot of people who I'll watch and root for Jaden Daniels tonight in LSU.
0: Well, it also makes you more mad about the Herm hire. Because you got, you got and Darby now in the NFL and Jaden Daniels playing like an All-American. You say to yourself, man, how bad was that staff? The, how t- bad was
1: that staff? <laughs> it was bad. The tweet came from Eno Benjamin. Verified account. Can't wait for Hard Knocks tonight. Rolling eyes emoji with the hashtag nothing ever happened. Hard Knocks is tonight when we talk about what's on tonight. And um, what are we expecting? What are we not expecting?
0: Well, we're not expecting anything on Eno Benjamin anymore. And the question is why? Is it because they didn't have the cameras rolling when he got into it with an assistant coach? Which is completely plausible, by the way. 100%. I've worked in that side of the industry, the television, long enough. They have have a lot of cameras. They don't have a camera on everybody. They're not on the present. They're not everywhere. No, it's very plausible. But they could have had cameras. We watch all these rookies get cut in the office every August. They could have had cameras in the meeting when Eno was told he was finished. Yep. Uh, But I'm guessing the Cardinals are kind of putting their foot down on this. And they have editorial control to a certain extent. And you get the feeling that the Cardinals organization told the Hard Knocks that, and maybe, again, maybe they didn't have great footage anyway, but... This was not going to be a storyline. What was interesting is Hard Knocks last week
1: said, we, that's we got it. It's see, shocking. See, that, that, that's the part that raises suspicion among the fan base. And, and, and it has to, right? Because the, the, the PHNX podcast had one of the directors on, and, and he did. The, the word he used was shocking. We have shocking footage. And then over did the weekend... Did he say that,
0: though? Let me, let me jump in. Did he say me, the story is shocking and we'll address it or did he say we'll have we have shocking footage and we're gonna air it? Because obviously it was a shocking story. We all were shocked. So it's interesting like his choice of words, there to me now is is more meaningful now that we know it's not going to be in the show. Because if he admitted that we have shocking footage, okay, here it is, and it's not in there.
1: I I found out the quote. Okay. Director Terrell Riley, after the second episode aired, appeared on the PHNX Cardinals podcast and gave fans a tease when it came to Eno Benjamin. When he was asked if there was any segment about Benjamin, he said, "Quote: Yes, definitely watch show three. Absolutely." He even noted that what happened. Quote, was a little shocking, close quote, to the crew, which is intriguing considering how much they've seen in the NFL. That's from the story that I okay. saw on so CardsWire.com. They had it and the cards killed it. So it, it's, I mean, it's it's disappointing because that set this level of expectation of, okay, we're going to see what it's all about. And then over the weekend, it was, it was nope, we don't have it. We didn't shoot it. You misspoke, it was a misunderstanding, a mistake was made, and so there, there's, just naturally baked in, there's going to be this level of suspicion, and you're right, it is very plausible that they didn't catch it, but comments like that. No, nah, the, show, the show loses credibility, at 100%. That's going to do it for us, we're out of here. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. We appreciate you listening. Tim, as always, a pleasure, we appreciate it. Safe travels up to
0: Flagstaff. Dave, uh, my best to you and your family. You got it. You're still here?